Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, we have Joe McGranahan across from me. This day, I've actually turned the air on in his tent. Last week, Thank I turned. It's getting hot in here. No, last week I turned the valve on, but there's one more check valve you have to open. I didn't even know it was there. Well, I wonder why I was having trouble breathing over here. <laughs> I thought you were going to oxidize, but instead you turned blue. I thought but, I had uh, the virus for a minute, but then I realized you had shut off my air. I didn't realize See, that. My I'm microphone so or my air, you'll shut something off I every am so day. I'm sorry. That's all right. all right. But we got it cooking today. Now we got the oxygen flowing in there, and you're looking quite pink. Maybe that's too much <laughs> oxygen. And it's pure O2. That might have something to do with it. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll free line will be open shortly. Call us 1 800 795 9565. Now or later, you can email us at on the market, WKOK.com, and text us at 7023. Six. We have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to uh, U.S. Congressman Fred Keller of the 12th District. Uh, lives in our valley, we're glad to say, but has got a wide-ranging uh, district way down into the hearts of uh, Perry and Juniata County all the way up to, uh, let's see, what is Wallenpupak? Is that Susquehanna County up there at the top, uh, Congressman? Well, our district runs from across the northern tier from Susquehanna to Potter County and goes south to the southern border of Perry County and is bordered in the middle by State College in the west and Sunbury in the east. Well, was, actually, a little bit east of Sunbury, but uh, Paxitis area. I always so. give you an opportunity to uh, make an opening statement, sort of, like, sort of like a court case. So what is your opening argument? We've been talking about the national COVID response, a wide range of other uh, topics. So please, uh, some initial comments uh, today. I, I don't think we'll, we have an opening argument. I think we'll just open with a, a positive statement, saying, you know, the people of uh, of, of America, of PA-12, are outstanding, uh, great, thoughtful, hardworking individuals. And, uh, you know, everybody's been talking about the COVID-19 and what's happening, and I just want to say this. We, we will get through this together. We will because we're Americans. We will because we're thoughtful. And the people of PA-12 are the greatest people thoughtful, hardworking, intelligent, care about each other, care about our families, care about our community. And that's who we are. Well, I keep hearing that we'll get through this together, but it doesn't seem like we are getting through it together <laughs> with all the political comments on both sides of the aisle, people attacking the president, including the New York Times over the weekend, people defending him, people saying he should have acted sooner, people saying that he's going to fire Dr. Fauci. This is getting along together, Fred? Well, I, I will say that there's some, uh, again, I'm not going to get into the uh, to the mainstream media and what they do. I mean, you know, when I do interviews, I, I thank the people and I thank you guys for for having me on and allowing me to communicate. Uh, by and large, I think that is. And, and, and again, people that have an agenda, and I'm not going to say there isn't any, but I'm looking at the by and large, the great people that wake up and go to work every day or have have 
worked every day and are retired. Those are the people I'm talking about. I'm not paying attention to what the New York Times and the Washington Post is. I mean, you said it, Joe. They attacked the president for, for, for not acting quickly enough or not doing things. He shut down travel from China and parts of Europe, and, and he got accused of that. And, and this whole spread was happening when they were accusing him of, of abuse of power and, 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 and being a dictator and everything else. And here he took information and took decisive action back in January, the end of January, that, that, that was decisive and, and saved us a lot of hurt, according to Dr. Fauci. He said it saved us really a lot of hurt, saved lives. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to deal with the facts. I'm not going to deal with the, the noise, what I call the noise out there. And the facts are the people of PA-12 are great. The people of America are great. And, and that, that's who's going to fight and beat this, beat this disease, not, not the New York Times, not the Washington Post. Well, there's a lot of talk about the retweet he made of somebody calling for Dr. Fauci's dismissal. Do you subscribe to that, or do you think he'd be making a terrible mistake to get rid of Dr. Fauci? Uh, again, I'm not going to get into who the president gets his, where he gets his, his advisors and how he handles that. That, that. That's up to the president to do that. Uh, I, you know, the president has, has, has been able to manage. Uh, and again, the decisions he's made, he's listened to, to the people and he's made decisions. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't want to get in the middle of any, any kind of Twitter battle that's going on, quite frankly. The CARES Act uh, funding is already starting to appear in some people's bank accounts. When will hospitals get their money? When will people get checks in the mail? When will small businesses uh, get the, uh, the funding that's uh, promised for them? What's the rollout time frame? Well, okay. The, I, I know some people have already received checks because I've, I've had some people tell me they have. So there's some people that have already gotten the $1,200 checks the, 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 uh, from the Internal Revenue Service and so on. Uh, just the end of last week, uh, $125 billion went out to Pennsylvania health care providers and hospitals in the Commonwealth. So that was the end of last week. Some of that, some of that happened to our hospitals. Um, and, uh, you know, the SBA rollout uh, for the Paycheck Protection loans uh, um, have been uh, the applications uh, started uh, you know probably 10 days ago or so um, and uh, people have been working through that and I know there's been some applications that have been accepted and so on so think things are starting to move and and the reason the reason uh, we set it up the way it was in the cares act to go through the, the local banks was so that uh, you didn't so not everybody was bombarding the SBA, but you were going with that relationship with the local lender that you already have, and they already know you. And so, so again, I, I think the, I think the uh, Small Business Administration Treasury did a great job of of putting a lot together in a very short period of time. Uh, were there a couple, uh, you know, clinkers when we started? Yeah, there were a couple, but I think uh, people navigated through that, and I've, I've gotten some remarks from from Central Pennsylvania, Northeastern Pennsylvania businesses that said. That uh, you know they, it's working well, and they appreciated uh, appreciated what what happened with the Paycheck Protection and the fact that it was included in the in the legislation. Are you hearing from businesses who say it is not working? We we hear about those people too. We, we we've had some people on either side of it, and, and the thing I encourage people is if you're having an issue, uh, you know you can contact us. Uh, you know we'll we'll get you in contact with somebody that that can uh, help navigate through that. Uh, and uh, you know sba.gov um, has information, but again, if you don't if you don't get what you're looking for there, uh, you can contact any one of our uh, offices. And, and to get that contact information, it's keller.house.gov, and we have coronavirus stuff uh, right there on 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 our web page with links. 
not only for the Small Business Administration, which is so important because small businesses are the, the backbone of our economy, uh, but also for the Pennsylvania Department of Health, the CDC, uh, some, some guidance uh, you know, from different governmental agencies uh, if people have questions. And again, we are um, uh, working uh, in, in our district offices. Now we're, we're not having people come in. We're actually asking people that they call or send us an email or you know, a text or something like that. Uh, but you know, we're, we're, we are doing work. We are, we are getting that done and, and uh, serving the, the people of PA-12 from any one of the three uh, district offices. So if, if you do have questions, um, you know, just look at our contact information and, and give us a call and we'll be happy to, uh, to get you the answers. Fred, the payroll protection program uh, plan program has been very popular, so much so that now it's in danger of running out of money. Uh, and they're co- talking in the House and Senate of trying to come up with some way of increasing that. What needs to happen for small businesses to be saved? Well, I, I, again, I, it hasn't all been it hasn't all been uh, distributed to three hundred and fifty billion dollars. But you know, it said that we need another two hundred and fifty billion because of the uh, how popular the. The program is, uh, and I know we had an update from Treasury, and it, at that point in time, there was still there was still money in it. But we anticipate, if the if the model keeps going like it is, that uh, you know um, we'll need more uh, we'll need more uh, cash in that. And I think if you know, if Congress does anything uh, to do right now, that's the only thing we do. We don't attach anything else to the bill. You just look at another two hundred fifty billion dollars, and that's it. Is that likely uh, again, to happen? Is it likely to go through without attachments? I mean, that doesn't seem quite possible in Washington. <laughs> well, it, it got hung up in the Senate again. I mean, the, 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 and again, I'm not playing politics, but there's one party uh, that wants to put a whole bunch of other stuff on it, and Leader McConnell just wants the $250 billion. Again, if this is putting politics aside, let's do the $250 billion. I, I'm not up for talking about a whole bunch of phase four or anything else. We've done a lot. And, and looking at what we're doing, the $250 billion makes sense for the Paycheck Protection Loan Program. Let's do that and then see what, this, what, what impact what we did has before we start talking about a bunch of other, uh, other items in this. Because it, in this, it's, it's important to note that, uh, you know, just here's some things. There's $850 million for local law enforcement. There's $340 million for rural broadband. $100 billion for hospital reimbursement. That's not where the uh, $125 billion came out of earlier. That was out of the one for local local uh, care. Uh, $45 billion for localities to respond to COVID, ID, or COVID uh, via the disaster relief fund. $100 million for assistance to firefighter grants. $100 million for local emergency management agencies uh, a little over five billion for k-12 education snap benefits low-income housing in Pennsylvania will receive about five billion in federal com- funding which will be available to municipalities for other items uh, why is it so hard for the you know for the Congress to address one issue at a time I understand that some of the things the Democrats are saying they want included are not bad things and they might actually be useful but it would seem to me we should take these things one at a time going on how pressing they are because otherwise we're just throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this well that's 100 percent correct but you know you, you, you heard the old adage that, that came from 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 the left that said you know never let a good crisis go you know I mean here again, this is not it. We should be addressing what we need to address to get us through this. Not policy positions like the Green New Deal and, and all those things that have been unable to get done for decades. 
but now people want to put them in there because they want to try and, and, and think they can get it done this way. What we do to get through this COVID-19 is we need to make sure as Congress we are focused on making sure the money gets the intended use and that there's not a whole bunch of other things in it. Let's now, talk. we did we did reasonably well with the CARES Act. There's some things in there. I mean, look at the CARES Act. It had $25 million in it for the, for the Kennedy Center, and then they laid the people off anyhow. I mean, I, again, if I had the pen to write that, I'd have probably written it differently, and that wouldn't have been in there. But you were trying to get 435 members of Congress and 100 senators to, to pass something. Again, for me, as you know me, Joe, Mark, I'm about, but let's get done what we need to get done. And, and my style of getting things done is focused, making sure we, we, we get it to the appropriate place and that it's targeted to accomplish that goal. Let's talk about uh, that for a minute. I heard this morning that it could take up to 20 weeks for all of this stimulus money to get out to the people of the country. Doesn't that seem like an awfully long time? Well, I, I I don't know who gave that estimate, but I will say, based upon, based upon what I've already seen, the fact that you know these these loan applications have been processed in, in, in the tens of thousands very quickly uh, for the paycheck protection, the fact that what we passed the bill in the middle of last month, uh, or you know, and and already people are seeing money in their bank accounts for the. Uh, for the stimulus. So I, I think that uh, you're seeing things getting done rather rapidly. So I don't, I don't know where the, where the 20 weeks comes. Uh, that might depend upon how, how long some people take to file for the paycheck protection because they'll have, you know, they, they can file for that up until, you know, in May and stuff. So again, I, I, I think things have been moving very well. And uh, so, so I, again, I don't know where that estimate is coming from. I like to talk in, in things that I know and uh, not speculate, but uh, I do know that things are going out rather rapidly with the paycheck protection and so on. Have you been tested for COVID-19? I have absolutely no symptoms. I have not been tested, but I haven't been around anybody. I haven't been in any following the Department of Health, Pennsylvania Department of Health, and the CDC guidelines. I haven't been around nobody. No need. Okay. Uh, if yeah, you if you were to go to EVAN and get tested, it would take a week for results. Of course, some people... 48 get, hours. Oh, they're up to 48 hours? Well, that's not... 48 hours. Is that new? Because we heard from them last week that it was still a week. 48 hours. Since when? That's from the hospital. When? That's from the hospital. They told me it's 48 hours. When did they tell you that? Within the last week. Hmm. All right, well, we're getting conflicting information from the hospital then. Okay, so we're up to 48 well, hours. It might have been, it was in the last couple of days, but still, 48 hours. Okay, super. That's fantastic. Uh, when are we going to get more widespread testing available? That's a national issue. Well, well I, I think what they're doing with that, and again, uh, where the hot spots are and stuff is, I mean, and, and they're deploying resources. The vice president, uh, you know, in, in, in charge of this task force, and and, and they're taking a look at this, and I think they're doing a very good job of getting resources to parts of the country that, that are really needed to make sure that people get the care they need. Um, you know, as far as what, when we need it, I know, that, I know there's uh, more needed in the southeast and some other areas. Uh, you know, as far as I know, everybody that's, that's going for testing, that, that, that uh, their doctor determines they need a test, you know, they're getting tested. Um, and we and we need to we need to make sure we have been in contact with our healthcare providers and our hospitals 
regularly uh, here in uh, across Pennsylvania's 12th congressional district, making sure that if they need anything, we're getting the request, whether it's to the you know Department of Health or you know through through FEMA, or, you know we're, we're doing that. The thing I, I would say is there's an unmet need request. If you go to the Pennsylvania Department of Health's uh, website and you're in the need of supplies, uh, you know you can actually uh, look for information and and get in contact uh, so people make sure that if you have any questions anybody if they have questions about their healthcare provider or agency that's looking and has questions again if they contact one of our offices we'll make sure that we get them put in contact with um, with people we've had we've had uh, conference call meetings with with hospitals we've had it with county commissioners we've had it with members of the general assembly we are making sure that we're in contact with everybody to make sure resources are getting deployed, um, you know, around PA-12 and making sure people are getting the care they deserve. Tell us about this Bureau of Prisons issue. Most people aren't following it that closely, but it is a very critical issue that many people are. So introduce our audience to this broad topic and what's the very latest. Okay, there's there's a, a Bureau of Prisons, and actually I was, I've been working with... Uh, the, the corrections officers and their collective bargain agency because you know we, we think that uh, we know that the bureau of prisons has done some things and it's within their control to stop movement of prisoners from one part of the country to another and uh, what was happening was uh, this was a couple weeks ago we got word that uh it's probably three weeks ago now we got word that people were going to be coming into the facilities at lewisburg and allen wooden canaan now canaan's just right outside of pa-12 but you know there are people that live in PA-12 that work there. And, of course, uh, Lewisburg and, and Allenwood are right here in Union County. And uh, the Bureau of Prisons has been, you know, said they, they, we heard they were going to be moving them, so we, we contacted them. And they said there's no inmate transfers. Well, then we got a hold of the Marshal Service, and it turns out, well, they're not transfers. It was the Marshal Service that was scheduled to move these with a lot of buck passing by Bureau of Prisons. And I tell you what, Bureau of Prisons, is, when you look at that, it's the swamp. It's one of those swamps that the president said he wanted to drain, and I'm intent on helping him do it, quite frankly, because I know there's a, there's a, a bill out there that Leader McConnell has that would require the Bureau of Prisons director to be confirmed by the Senate. And I think that's a good move, and I've talked to him about introducing that in the House. But anyhow, uh, I've been all the way up to the, the, the head of the Bureau of Prisons, and uh, a couple of weeks ago he told me, oh, we can't do this, that. And, you know, so I introduced a bill saying stop moving them, uh, only to find out they can do it because they've stopped people going into Elkton. And my point with the Bureau of Prisons is you're not allowing visitors to come in and visit inmates. So we shouldn't be moving inmates from one part of the country to another. And I've been, I've uh, actually, the bill I mentioned I introduced, it's bipartisan support, uh, Representative Cartwright's on it, uh, Representative Glenn Thompson, some other people, uh, you know, from across the country are on the bill. Uh, you know, just, just making sure that we are practicing social distancing. There are people that are staying in their homes doing all these kind of things. We want the Bureau of Prisons to do the same thing. And it's within their authority to do it. Fred, let uh, I well, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm curious about what's the stated reason for moving them, just that it's general and that it's routine, or is it for disciplinary problems, or aren't they giving you a reason why they're moving them? Well, well, the first reason they gave me was, well, sometimes we're mandated to move them because that's where they're finishing out their sentence or court appearance or this or that. Basically, what they did was a lot of lip service and a lot of passing the buck. And, uh, 
I wasn't having any of that. And that's why I teamed up with my colleagues and say, hey, look, and we've been, we've been putting pressure on them. And I, I was told by the warden at Allenwood uh, that they hadn't received any. This, this week will be the second week they hadn't received any. So it is within, I mean, their first stance was, oh, we got to do, the first stance was, oh, there isn't any inmate transfers. And I didn't ask them about transfers and movements because they called it something else. You know, well, not a transfer, it's this, because they're, they're not already in the system. It's for their adjudication and, their, you know, they serve their sentence and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the, they did that. They started playing with words. Then they started passing the buck to the marshal service, so I called the marshal service. And then they passed the buck to the the uh, Department of Justice, which, again, is all is all just passing the buck. I think it's that swamp that's used to doing things the way they always did it, and needs to be waked up and said, "Hey, look, you know that's that's not good enough." Well, Fred, the we're pres- in different times, and you need to do your job well, and keep president. not only not only your inmates safe, but our employees, our corrections officers. We need to make sure they're safe, and we also need to make sure the communities are safe where these these institutions are located. Mark so, just um, Mark just asked me why doesn't the president intervene, and I, I think that's an excellent well, question. The president doesn't have to. I mean, that, 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 that's just really. I mean, this is what the, again. How many people are there in the, in the bureaucracy that, that that pass the buck? And that goes back to the fact that this is this is the swamp the president is trying to drain, and this swamp I intend to help him drain because you know again people just think they can do whatever they want. The, the president is doing a great job navigating through this unprecedented time. And this guy in the Bureau of Prisons stopped. Bureau of Prisons stopped people going into Elkton, so it's totally within their control. Totally. They just need to stop it. Uh, earlier I asked you a question, and you answered with respect to business, but I was asking about the individual payments to people. Uh, the projection I heard this morning said that it could take up to 20 weeks for them to be handed out, and I wondered if that was a timetable that concerned you at all, because people are trying well, people to struggle paying their bills. Now, yeah, but they said it could take up to 20 weeks for everybody to get theirs. Well, some people would have to probably, if they, if they haven't filed an income tax return, they, there's going to be a, a, a portal set up there so that they can put their, their, their bank account information into it. There's going to be also for people that maybe had to pay before so that the IRS wouldn't have their direct deposit information, that they might have to go in and do that. So some of it might be up to the timetable of the individual doing it. But again, I don't know where you're getting that up to 20 weeks. I mean, up to 20 oh, weeks, these Fox, four weeks. These Fox News commentators are changing no, their allegiance. CBS. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Right. I'm, but, but I'm, Joe, let's look at what's already happened. I know people right here in PA-12 that have already gotten their $1,200. That's fact. Let, let, let's deal with what we know. Okay. There's people that have already gotten their $1,200. Fair enough. <laughs> accentuate the positive. Uh, finally, no, 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 accentuate the truth. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs> right, no it, argument it, there. I mean, there's a lot of people that are trying, <laughs> and some people that want to create doubt that are just trying to whip things up. But let, let's talk about what the facts are. Yeah, I mean, you guys know me well enough. I don't. I talk in what the truth is. And the truth is, is there are people that are already getting these payments. All right. Truthfully, what are we going to have to do to reopen Pennsylvania in the month ahead? And the 12th Congressional District. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, we're going to have to follow the CDC guidelines and the guidelines of the Pennsylvania Department of Health. I mean, we're going to have to do those things. Um, you, you know, I think we're doing a good job of, of flattening the curve. I, we're going to have to have a good plan in place to make sure things happen and, and to be able to be executed very well. 
Uh, that didn't happen in the start out of the whole thing because, you know, paper mills were left open and loggers couldn't go out and cut trees. Well, you know, it takes wood pulp to make paper. Uh, so we need a well a well thought out plan uh, that keeps people safe, but opens our opens our our, our government, opens our, our our economy. Does the Fed have a role in that, or is that all on Governor Wolf? Well, I, I think there's going to be some guidance, and if you look at this, the federal government does provide guidance, but you know states are sovereign, you know entities. Uh, you know they've got a responsibility to make sure. Uh, I mean, it was certainly shut down on the authority of the governor. So I think he has responsibility in making sure that he has a plan together to open it up. All right. Anything else you wish to add? Uh, you're, you've been doing a lot lately and uh, uh, visiting or at least conversing with a lot of people. Go ahead. We, we, we've, we, we've learned this, uh, you know, the, the Zoom and Skype and all this kind of stuff and conducting <laughs> business that way. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward, uh, you know, to getting through this, and I know we will uh, because, uh, as I mentioned before, how great – the people of PA-12 are, the people of America, outstanding. Uh, I, I will say this to, to the people that uh, of, of northeastern and north-central Pennsylvania. I miss being out and being able to see you and say hello and do all those kind of things. Uh, I, I truly miss that uh, because I, I know how outstanding the people are, and it's just I'd like to be able to get out and thank them for the hard work they do. So I guess I would just like to say thank you to all the great people of PA-12 for the work that you do every day. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much Thanks, for being Fred. on the radio. We appreciate your help and your answers. Check back in when you have updates and uh, even more information on all of these topics. Thank you, sir. Always welcome right. here, Fred. Take care. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Bye. it. Uh, U.S. Bye. Congressman Fred Keller on the line. We thank uh, Jason Gottesman, who is his uh, good assistant, to make sure that uh, the congressman has all the information we need him to know before, uh, if, in case he doesn't know where we want to head or anything in these interviews. U.S. Congressman Fred Keller, 12th District uh, from Kramer, uh, PA. No commercial break this half hour. We'll uh, add this uh, to the next hour. So, okay. Well, reaction to what you heard? Well, I think it's inter- it would be interesting to pin down uh, the question about how rapid testing is at uh, the hospitals. I mean, that certainly is something not, we, we really need an answer to. Fred says it's 48 hours, and the hospital says longer than that, right? Well, they or were they saying, did. I would say at midweek, we were still talking uh, 48 hours, or I mean, sorry, uh, a week or more to get results. And we know people who were tested last, well, Monday or Tuesday that are still waiting for their results as of today. But if there's a new 48-hour test, yeah, all the better. That's fabulous. And, and the feds are overseeing the, uh, trying to make sure that testing is more common, which, you know, up to now it hasn't been. I would guess, if I had to guess, that they are rolling these things out in the places where the numbers are the highest that Union County with eight or nine cases and Snyder County with eight or nine cases doesn't qualify at the top of the list for these tests to be distributed. Would you think I'm wrong on that? Uh, I, I don't know. You never know what the logic is. You know, if, if you have a house that's already on fire, why would you take any fire prevention techniques? If you have central Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania, all the way across the state where you have very few cases and you desperately want to get some of your businesses reopened, why not get rapid tests there so you can find out who has it, who doesn't, let them get back to work. That could be another way to look at it. I mean, Philadelphia's been on a stay-at-home order for three weeks, so do you need a rapid test there? Nobody's really in circulation. About half the population is considered essential and is working. Well, I guess you could make an argument on either side of the issue. It just seems to me that they're probably spending, if I had to guess, I would guess they're putting more of them in the metropolitan areas where more people are catching it and where more
more people are in, in need of information about whether or not they've been exposed to somebody. I understand this morning that I think it's Google and Microsoft are working on an app that will let you know if you've come in close proximity to someone who has the coronavirus or who has been exposed to it. Not sure how that's going to work, and it sounds like a pretty big invasion of privacy. So, Well, <laughs> they're already following you around anyway. What's the difference? So, well, I guess you've got a point there. Right, so all you got to do is download another app that makes it official. They already know all this stuff. They're just going to give you an app so that you can see it, too. All right, we're going to take a quickie break uh, for CBS News, so uh, uh, enjoy the information that you derive there. Then we'll have local news and then open phones on WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. How are you doing, sir? I haven't changed in the last five minutes. I'm still doing okay. And you? I'm still... Do I look worse to you for uh, some reason? Yeah, you look like you're deteriorating. Maybe that is the nitrous tank down there. And the, it, what well, color turn up is the that? oxygen? What you? color is that tank? It's red. Oh, it's supposed to be green. <laughs> it says that is cyanide. It says cyanide <laughs> <No>. on it. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, we uh, mentioned to uh, Matt that something about strychnine the other day. Speaking of cyanide, he had never heard of strychnine. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, isn't that funny? Well, all the popular it, poisons, he's missing it. His career is another lucrative. Lucretia Borgia is going to be rather limited. You oh. don't know who she was. Okay. No, I don't read books. I listen to them, but I don't remember her. Okay. Well, that's a historical person. She was poisoned people. Would she? Okay. All right. Leave it to Joe. All right. Even, even as he slowly declines, he still knows far more than I do. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You can text us at 7 a well-known former Shikolami educator and athletic coach has died. Larry Cinebaldi died Sunday in Florida. Uh, he was a Shikolami wrestling coach in the late 1960s and 70s. Steve Williams, our wrestling commentator, said Cinebaldi is credited with helping bring a winning tradition to Shikolami wrestling starting in 1966 when the Braves were 1-11, then retiring after going undefeated. In 1974, folks will remember him as a teacher in the district and the owner and operator of Sinbad Subs on Market Street in uh, downtown Sunbury. Weekend recap comes from Sarah Lover, who was at the anchor desk on Sunday. In helping to slow the spread of COVID-19, Geisinger is expanding its telehealth services to include primary care and more than 70 specialties. Geisinger says the telemedicine video visits will allow patients to speak with providers in real time using video chat. Patients with an upcoming appointment with a Geisinger provider can contact their doctor's office and ask about the availability of a virtual visit. 
and only a handful of Pennsylvania state legislators are on the Senate floor, while most are taking part in sessions remotely. State Senator John Gordner said that all legislation last week focused on COVID-19, including a discussion on the closure of state and liquor stores and adopting an online notary system to allow for car dealerships to possibly reopen. You can hear more from Senator Gordner on WKOK's On the Mark program listed on our website at WKOK.com. And COVID-19 distressed hospitals in Pennsylvania are getting some help from the state. Governor Tom Wolf announced on Friday a $450 million hospital emergency loan program called HELP. Governor Wolf says hospitals will be eligible to apply for low-interest loans up to $10 million. The loan is intended to provide short-term financial relief for hospitals until federal coronavirus aid relief and economic security funding is available. Sarah Lover, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Uh, according to new numbers from the State Department of Health, there were 13 new deaths reported across the state, with the most deaths reported in Philadelphia. Locally, there were no additional deaths reported from COVID-19. In Snyder Union, Northampton, and Montour counties, only 16 new positive uh, test cases. The state house plans to return uh, to session tomorrow, and the chamber may consider legislation that would allow more businesses to open during the pandemic. House Republican spokesman said Sunday that representatives may take up a proposal that would direct Democratic Governor Tom Wolf to come up with a system based on guidances from the CDC and the U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency to allow some businesses to open next month. Another bill may make up to allow, may be taken up that would allow notaries to employ technology rather than perform their duties in person. Governor Tom Wolf responding said that uh, businesses are lucky that there's any waiver program at all, let alone one that many say is unfair. Right now, we, we really are trying to get through this process, uh, this hard stop, as quickly as we can and get on to, to what the next phase is. And I think every time we, we talk about opening something up, uh, we're just going to be prolonging uh, this, this phase. The governor's waiver program is conducted behind closed doors with no public disclosures. Saturday's free mask distribution in Shemokin Dam was over before it started, flooded with people waiting to get one. The event was held by the Greater Susquehanna Valley United Way and the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce in the old Kmart parking lot. They ran out of 300 masks quickly and say they'll have more later this week uh, and this weekend. And finally, a 93-year-old Pittsburgh area woman has been seeking help to get her necessities as she stays inside because of the COVID-19. In her case, the necessity this time is beer. Ola Veronese posted a sign in her window that said, I need more beer in capital letters with an exclamation point. KDKA-TV reports the sign got her the age she sought after the image was posted online. It's gotten more than a million views and several people have reached out to deliver beer to the nice lady in Pittsburgh or in the Pittsburgh area. Seminole, PA. You're familiar with that? No, I'm Intersection, not. No. yes, Seminole, PA. Somewhere in the Pittsburgh area. But I, I'm astounded that people are delivering beer to someone. <laughs> well, I think I'm out at my house, too. Well, I don't I don't keep any at my house, generally. So <laughs> if you want to bring some around, why, go ahead. Just put it on the front porch. All right, we got open phones right now. We'll take all comers. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. one 800 
1-800-795-9565. Open phones. You heard what the congressman had to say. Some good news about Evangelical Community Hospital. Instead of the week-long wait, now it's two days. So two days wait. The president waits 15 minutes. That's what I want. I want one of those instant tests. If everybody could get an instant test every day, we'd be in fine shape. Well, one of our emailers just sent in something I think is interesting. It brings up a point you and I discussed before. He says, who is going to enforce the mandate to wear face masks? Walmart is fill up with people with no face masks. And yesterday I saw a video of Philadelphia police dragging a man off a bus because he wasn't wearing a face yeah, mask. Yeah, wasn't that ridiculous? I saw that. And that <laughs> he was making people uncomfortable on the bus because he wasn't wearing a mask. And of course, the buses there are crowded, so you don't have a social distancing opportunity. But did you see the irony? The cop who came on the bus to tell him to get off was not wearing a face mask. <laughs> right. Well, plus it's not, a, it's not a rule. He didn't even break a rule. It was just making people uncomfortable. I but, thought it was the bus company policy. Somebody told me it was the bus oh, company the SEPTA. policy. SEPTA's okay. policy. Okay. Well, that that, yeah, I'm sorry. I could be. In it, which case, they would certainly, the police would certainly enforce it. But the irony of it was that they came on the bus with no face mask to tell people without face masks to get off the bus. Well, there is no mandate to wear face masks in Pennsylvania. There is a recommendation from the governor and now the CDC and Dr. Fauci are urging people to wear a mask. And you will see smart people who always say there's a slight chance they may have contracted at some point wearing a mask because they wish to, but there's no mandate. Uh, over the weeks, I've been to Lowe's, Giant, Wises, even in the pharmacy, no masks, Walmart, and uh, one other location that escapes me at the moment, no masks. So a few individuals, but no mandate, no managers, no, you know, there's no requirement for the people in these places to wear masks. Well, as I told you, I didn't go out over the weekend. I think Friday was the last day I was out, and I did go to some area stores to pick up our supplies, and I thought at least 60% of the people there were wearing masks. What I find particularly irksome is this traffic pattern they have in the stores. <laughs> in the giant. If I walk down an aisle and forget something or don't remember where it was, and then I have to go all the way around another aisle and back up to avoid you know, disobeying their one-way arrows. It seems to me that people maintaining their distance is more important than whether the traffic goes in one direction or not. And now, you talk about guidelines, Giants announced it's limiting the number of people in its stores. What's the criteria? How do we know? Can we call in advance to find out if we can get in, or do we have to stand outside in the cold and the rain? (laughs) You might have to stand outside in the cold and the rain. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's, it's just getting to the point that you don't know what you can count on. I, I think I agree with the president in one respect, and even what Congressman Keller said, you know, there has to be a common sense way for us to do some of these things that protects us as much as possible. But, you know, a story I read to you a moment ago, and just getting the part of it, talks about all the deaths. It said, let's see here, uh, in any given month in America, we lose about 54,000 Americans to heart disease, 50,000 to cancer, 14,000 to asthma, bronchitis, and emphysema, 12,000 to stroke, 10,000 to Alzheimer's, 7,000 to diabetes, this is per month, 5,600 drug overdoses, 4,700 influenza and pneumonia. And since February in America, coronavirus, since February, coronavirus, 9,500. And at one point they predicted... That's what, Pennsylvania's number? Uh, no, they said America. Oh, in deaths. the U.S.? Oh, yeah, we're above 10,000 in the U.S. Now, now the, yeah. the article's a few days old, right. but, you know, they they point out in the article that at one point they said we were going to have between uh, maybe a half a million or a million deaths in this country. Then they cut it down to 200,000. You know, so far it's in less than 75,000, I think, and it's really not... 
you know, they're getting ahead of it, at least right. in terms of the treatment. And that's what's getting me, that no one's reporting how many people are surviving. It looked to me like the survival rate in America was better than almost any of the other countries. The number of people who survive is in the upper 90 percent, you know, 95, 96, 97 percent of the people who contract coronavirus survive. Well, that's, I, I mean, that's certainly the good news. Well, I think the difference is that all these other diseases, people are working on cures, and there are treatments for them. Right now, we don't know. But everybody got down on President Trump saying he was going to make money on this uh, chloro, what is the name of that drug, chloro? Hydrochloroquine, I believe. Hydrochloroquine, yeah. Okay. And yet the doctors are using it and reporting some success. Yes, it hasn't been tried clinically, <laughs> but people were saying, oh, he's making a fortune on it himself. Well, well he isn't. Who's making a fortune? The president. There were Democrats were claiming that he was doing oh, it to enrich himself, that he must have owned stock in the company that made the drug. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's getting ridiculous. I mean, I think I give Governor Wolf and Governor Cuomo, I'm, everybody's dealing with something we've never dealt with before. Yes, there are mistakes, and I think the media jumping on Dr. Fauci for saying that if we had acted earlier, we would have saved lives. Well, we would have. But no one, if there had been, look at the blowback the president got for imposing the travel restrictions in China. If he had tried to shut the country down in February, there would have been mass uprisings. They would have said, oh, this man is a usurper. He's just power drunk. 1-800-795-9565. We're going to have one caller before the break. we got one email pending and a, uh, let's see, caller waiting. So read the email, and then we'll get to the Okay. Call. I sent an email at 901 on Friday for Ben and never heard him respond. Not much reason sending comment to him for comment, as he is only there on Fridays. He said, if the president and vice president had resigned two weeks ago, this virus issue would have gone away. I just wondered where he was getting his medical information to say something like that. I know callers come first. There was plenty of open time, as I recall. I believe uh, he's, this fellow is making reference to uh, the uh, mainstream media being very uh, down on the president and hoping to catch him, you know, another gotcha moment as it related to the president. But uh, I, I would tend to think a global pandemic would not go away. I would tend to agree with just you. Just <laughs> because you changed uh, leadership. But yeah, this happens sometimes. We get a lot of calls, and we went from call to call to call, and we don't get to emails. So I try to, we try to intersperse them sometime in, but when the lines are lit solidly, uh, this is the WKOK Live telephone talk show, so callers go first. So, uh, Mr. DP, your initials, if you'd like your comment on the radio, call. You can call 1-800-795-9565. We really, uh, we're quite faithful about trying to read each comment religiously. Now, we're not going to go back to Friday now and read yours, so I'll get rid of that, but uh, we do. We just did. No, that was today. He just <laughs> okay. sent that today because oh, okay. he was irritated that we didn't read his message Friday. But uh, the the way to get on the show, to get your comment, is to call. If we have time, uh, we always read emails. And if it's right on topic, we'll read an, e- read an email or a text that's right in the middle of a phone conversation, so or right before one. Bobby, you're first before the break. Uh, Chris, you're right after the break. Uh, go ahead, Bobby. Yes, uh, uh, no, good morning, everyone. Uh, you know, I agree with Joe. When you go to the groceries, I mean, okay, okay, all these uh, um, precautionary measures, you know, uh, it's like there's no common sense in some of these things that are being thought out. But 
the same page is definitely you know along the line. Of course, the old FCC rules of the you know check the transmitter out, do this and do that, and all that stuff. As far as the media, of course, is no is no longer there. It's you know six and one half dozen the other. But somehow you know we have to come together and say, okay, grocery stores do this, uh, traffic patterns do that. I mean you know, and during the seventy two flood, there was only one way out of Sunbury, and that was up uh, Mile Hill. In other words, when things happen, readjust to what's happening and then go from there and certain jobs and certain areas take automatically take precautions i mean when you when you work on uh, motor vehicles i mean me working in and out of the power the ppnl one time at the nuclear plant and also at the transmitter sites you know certain uh, common sense uh, you know, um, taking protective clothing, taking gloves, taking this, taking that, taking masks, whatever we have to do, uh, we can do. It's just I think we ought to somehow be on the same page. Yeah, you have Already, to adapt. At least try. <laughs> well, Joe's old and in the way, and he doesn't like to adapt or change, so that's the problem. <laughs> hey, I love Joe. <laughs> so. but, but, but you know when it comes to that, hey, Mark, ask your father how he got through the Depression. I mean, take some advice from your dad. He's seen a lot of life. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he won't wear a mask, and he still goes to the store. So does that tell you anything? And he says yes. if he gets okay, thank you. You bet. And he's he's ninety eight. He says if he gets it, he's beaten it anyway. So bring it. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to take a quickie break. Uh, Chris, stand by. More callers call now. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We got emails, texts, and calls waiting. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I mentioned it in passing, but now I wish to elaborate. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street, Sunbury, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. What do they got there? Well, Ford, Hyundai, Kia, and Lincoln. Those cars are for sale. You can go ahead and tag one for you, and then when all this is over, you'll be able to buy it. Pre-owned vehicles the same way. they got hundreds of pre-owned vehicles ready to go. And, boy, they got got 1,000 cars down there because the cars that were on order got delivered. And guess what? So they, I, I suspect we're going to have an over-inventory sale in your very near future. But in the meantime, maybe you don't need a new vehicle, and so you're not going to wait for that. You can go to the quick lane right now. You can go to the quick lane and wait. Tell them your car's pulling to the left, the alignment shop, the body shop, the car wash, the big truck shop, uh, and the nitrogen shop. They are all open, and they would just love to super serve you, as they've been doing for over a century. Can you imagine going to the same business uh, your great-grandparents went to? Well, you can do that at the Sunbury Motor Company quick lane. Uh, you can do something 
something your grandparents could not, and that's go to sunburymotors.com and uh, check out all of their available services. Chris, thank you so much for your patience. It's always appreciated. You may now begin excoriating Joe. Oh, well, uh, Joe's just a fine fellow. He's just a part of the a uh, heck of a job, Trumpy crowd. <laughs> and Fox News. Uh, well, uh, Fox News is lousy these days. You've got to go to One Nation America or whatever that is, you know, because Fox News isn't pro-Trump enough for Trump. Right, yeah, but, they criticize any, somebody over the weekend. In any case, yeah, the, no matter how many times he says it, it's still not true that he was excoriated for closing down the borders. The World Health Organization doesn't really like closing down borders because it gives people false confidence. And what I said about Keller last time is true this time. It doesn't do any good to shut down borders if you don't do anything to get ready while the virus is already in your country. And the first order for a personal protective gear from the federal government went out something like March 21st, according to reports. That, that's, so they weren't getting, they have studies that show where the bottlenecks are going to be in an epidemic. They've been done every few years, and, and they always point to the same places. And so when you have an epidemic, it might be coming. You can act on things where the bottlenecks are going to be. They weren't acting. Is that uh, it? He's, he's done a pretty poor job. He still has time <laughs> to go, do a good job on the next phase, which is getting the testing ready which he has been a terrible at so far. New York City does not have enough tests to test for the doctors and nurses that are taking care of patients. A doctor who was exposed had to wait 10 days before he could get a result, get a test and then get the result from the test to see whether he could go back to work or not. The testing he's been terrible at, and that's one of the, going to be the, one of the keys. So he's got to get the testing program together. Well, why, why is the president responsible for that? Why aren't the governors responsible for their own states? Just out of curiosity. Well, they are responsible for their restarts, but they're not responsible for the testing. Well, I, well, the president can't make these tests appear out of thin air. I mean, somebody has to actually create them, work on them, and I think he's yes, incentivized them to the, do the so. The people who do that are in the federal in the federal government. No, they're in so they're, private labs, as I understand it. They're in laboratories. No, the, 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 yeah, the, the, they, the, the government does the research to get the test very often, and they take it out to private labs to manufacture the pills or the shots or the serums. But they, 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 they need the test. They, they need national leadership there. Having 50 states do it is just... Who the biggest experts are in the CDC. Right, and the Food and Drug Administration is leading this, I mean, so this and, is a federal it's a issue. national emergency. You need a federal control. Now, you can work with individual states differently, depending on their situation, if you're the federal government, 
but you, you've got to have some federal guidelines and control over what's going on. Otherwise, you have 50 states bidding against each other for equipment, which is insane, stupid, and encourages I agree with you there. But nothing about that. But Chris, Chris, here's my point. These private labs and scientists working all around the country, universities and places like that, immediately I heard stories about four or five different groups working on tests. So what is the president supposed to do? Say three of you cut it out, let the other one the other one go, or should he encourage everybody to explore and experiment and then take the best one? Everybody when it's when it when it becomes clear you see the depth of the problem. And he and what did he do? Blue. What did he yeah. do to discourage private enterprise from developing or these labs from developing the tests? I don't think he should discourage it. No, no. I said what did he do? Well, you're saying he's he did. Gotta, he's got to get money, support, and action going. Well, there's been plenty of money thrown that, that at it. comes best from the federal government, not from 50 separate state governments. But he can't spend billions of dollars without authorization, and all authorization bills start in the Once House. The emergency declares the. Uh, that anything like that is just about off in terms of doing the research in the federal government. But still, and, he and can't authorize huge expenditures of money without Congress's approval. I and mean, Congress made it perfectly clear that he exceeded his authority before in trying to order things that he had no business ordering, according to the Democrats in Congress. Which one, which are you referring to? Now you want him to just take the lead which here. Which are you referring to? Back when back when the impeachment debate started, he was oh, accused. Oh, well, well that, that's sort of different, isn't it? Not that really. It's the same issue. Going on, uh, okay, so in other words, if, if he decides it's a national emergency and the Democrats disagree, then that's wrong. If the Democrats decree a national emergency and he agrees, then that's right. No. Well, that sounds... the circumstances, doesn't it? <laughs> well, but I'm saying you get the luxury of second-guessing the, the man. the national emergency? You get the luxury of second-guessing him every time you call in. <laughs> I, 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 it's a hobby. I was foreguessing him this time, too, if you listened. No, I think you were second guessing. <laughs> all right. Well, he's no, all up. I was talking about what he's got to make sure gets done next. Chris, wrap it up. We got a caller waiting. Go ahead. Oh, and you know all that water stuff and Nancy Pelosi. Did you notice that Nancy Pelosi thing was on uh, local San Francisco station? Right. Where she was asking people to come to Chinatown, and that's because there was no travel to uh, hold up. In, in, in the states at that time, and they were just about to be implicated places, but they hadn't been, and the government hadn't been talking them up at all. She was doing it locally for people in San Francisco because Chinatown was taking oh. the brunt of, of, of low business because they were Chinese. I see. Now, you made virus. it clear. I understand. The president <laughs> should go. not impose a federal tra- transportation ban on the Chinese, but Nancy, it's okay for her to uh, tell people to come to Chinatown mm. when oh, everybody right. else come is on. social <laughs> distancing. Locally, <laughs> locally right. because they were taking uh, unfair hit because there was no sign of any COVID in Chinatown any more than any place else at that particular time. Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate the call. Uh, thank you for waiting, Dale. You are on the mark. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, when Trump was begging for zero interest rates, basically that he was thrown off the white flag because our last eight presidents have done nothing but give more benefits and more social programs. So when you get the central banks 
getting no return on the money that they're printing out of thin air, that's when your currency <clears throat> dies. So I just want to show everybody where China is making serious capital moves on buying the whole South Pacific, okay? And right now, American people are only right now allowed to buy from corporations, because okay? <laughs> corporations have power in the United States, too. So do you, I just want to say, I mean, every hundred years, the currency dies, and the IMF is just doing what they do. I mean, <clears throat> there's just nothing big about it, but, you know, <clears throat> capitalist manpower is where you want to put your money. And right now, with the benefits we give to our people and the social programs that we give our people, <clears throat> there's no there's no return. I mean, are we, are we in the twilight speak. zone? Do you think we're in the twilight zone, Chris, or Dale? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, would you Either put way. your money on something that, that has no return? Oh, God. No, that would, would be you? poor choice. Okay, right. well, here's another thing. The only social programs now that we're all looking at are these socialist bread lines. And, and maybe and maybe twelve hundred hours. Where, where are these uh, bread lines located, Chris? I could, I don't no have a loaf line. of bread in the house. Twelve hundred dollars, though. Where, where are the okay, bread lines? Okay, well, I just want to say, I just want to say, when our state starts, you know, hurting for budgets, are we going to look for foreign currencies? Maybe China will maybe help, not Pennsylvania, and maybe China will ask Pennsylvania state troopers to put a Chinese patch on the side of their arm, just show that they're, you know, help. Uh, supporting uh, our government. I mean, you got to look at it that way. I mean, it's nothing bad about it, but it's just the way it is. It's not Trump. It's not. It's basically our elected officials on the way they reinvest. When we went down to zero interest, that was it. Done. That was it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I just. I'm sorry. Or just. We just got to deal with it. But the programs and the benefits are not going to be there no more when we restart this. So I just think that, you know, it is what it is. I just hope that yeah. you know, our states don't accept no money from the Chinese government, and we can try to manage without them. All right. So I, just, I, I think yeah. we should have those Chinese arm patches on our state police arms. I think that would put the put everybody right on notice that this is what's going on. We will you take, agree? We will take a moment to reflect. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. We've got three open lines. Uh, Joe, a couple of two-tree texts, please. Right. Uh, 
One of our texters says, Chris, why wasn't New York ready for a pandemic? Cuomo was warned over five years ago he needed more equipment, and he decided not to spend the money on that equipment. Chris, how long does it take to develop a new test when the virus is new and the Chinese government lied? Another texter says, good morning, I see the president as not wanting... I lost it. Where is it? Okay, um, right there, right Okay, there. not wanting everyone tested. He wants the economy back and running to keep getting elected. He doesn't care about you and I. The truth is he wants to fire Dr. Fauci. Fauci tells the truth, and Trump can't stand the truth. We Americans deserve a president who is for the people. Vote Biden 2020. Yes, we're all in this together. We're all working to help everybody out. And <laughs> let's get Biden 2020. And oh, I'm sure. president we... doesn't want us tested. He wants us dead, right? Right. If we wouldn't More us that die. If, only Joe Biden. if he could just figure out a way to just give the virus to Democrats, he would have everything, right? Mike, you're on the mark. <laughs> yeah, good morning. Uh, just a quick update here about Columbia County. Uh, this morning's paper said we've had four uh, people pass from this, uh, all at the Burwick Retirement Village. And then just uh, a few moments ago, my wife uh, heard from a friend whose uh, sister passed away there in the middle of the night. So I would say unofficially we have five now here in Columbia County. And your guess is 15, right? Uh, yeah, my it, yeah, that's that's right. And and basically that was based on the fact that I figured uh, that that would be if we hit, you know, if we got into a nursing home like they did out west. But uh, the real reason I called was I I was listening to a doctor from California talk last week and she said that it's her opinion that it had been in the virus had been in California since late November uh early December, probably, okay? So based on that, I went and I started looking around. I, I Googled uh, flu outbreak, uh, California, uh, late November, early December, blah, blah, blah. And I found a CDC document that issued three flu uh, emergencies for three separate areas in California. And, and from my memory, I think it was like northern, central, and maybe southern. They were, you know, outlined in red. And they, they, they gave the number of... Uh, flu cases that they reported, but only 9.8% of those people that they said had the flu symptoms, only 9.8% tested positive for the flu. So I'm, I'm not a doctor, but if, if you get one of these guys on there that, that knows his numbers, I'm curious as to why CDC would say they're having a flu outbreak in California, and uh, they have this many cases, but only... 9.8% of them tested uh, positive uh, for the flu. Good question. It, it is a good question. So <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to make there is it, it, it reinforces my belief that this uh, virus has been really making its rounds, you know, since like November, December of last year, because it, you know, I, uh, I, I've known about this since January 6th is the first I heard about it. And shortly after that date, uh, the information came out of how many thousands of people per day were coming into the United States from China, you know, and then when the, the Chinese uh, Lunar New Year celebration took off, that even increased. So to me, it's on the ground, it's been here, it's, it's pretty much everywhere. But my question is this. Also, the, they, they say we need to get the testing to find out how prevalent these antibodies are in the population so that they can make an educated prediction of how many people have been exposed already. But it seems to me that every time we talk about it and think we're getting closer, there's another holdup that stops our government, or, or the people that we pay money for in Washington, big bucks people with these big bureaucracies 
and all this testing, it seems to be an impediment to coming out and saying, hey, this is what our, our predictions say that, you know, 50% of the American population has the virus already, or 25 or 40. To me, it should be possible with the information that we have at hand and the testing abilities that they could make some type of assessment. Because you know what? They were really good at making the assessment over the weekend of how many blacks have been affected by this or how many Puerto Ricans. But the one thing that they never told us is how many illegal aliens in New York City were on respirators and how badly they've been affected. So it seems that we have a government that only tells us what they want to tell us, and the media it seems to be slanted the same way of only telling us <clears throat> what they want to tell us. And I really think the best thing is honest information. And in my mind, we aren't getting it. You make a good point. The article that I quoted earlier earlier about the number of deaths uh, from various diseases went on to say exactly the same kind of thing, that w it's hard to get data on how many people died who had no underlying conditions, how many people died with all underlying conditions. You know, and they're saying the government isn't releasing that kind of information. And the other thing they're not releasing is how many people have been recovered. You know, are, are they back to work? I mean, it makes it sound like all these people have active virus right now. How many of them are completely recovered? Well, we know that the numbers uh, that you receive from the State Department of Health are uh, remarkably unreliable when it comes to painting a real picture of what's happening. If you get a positive test case, uh, of course, you're looking in the rearview mirror. You're already at least a week or so uh, behind, even though you haven't maybe haven't had any symptoms yet. Right. It's already you know looking. It's telling you what you did last week. And the other aspect is this: you got to remember that not everybody's getting tested. People can get it mildly. Like I had this dry cough for about a month in, in starting in mid-January or so. I don't think it was coronavirus, but it was stemmed from a cold, and it just would not go away. And so who knows? We know that some people get coronavirus, and they are not significantly affected by it. So we know just because of the way the testing is working and the way that the criteria, I mean, if you have just a dry cough and you don't have a fever and you're at home and you're resting comfortably and maybe you're even going to work, uh, we know that you are not going to be suggested to get right. testing. So the testing numbers, you know, so they say, well, 10% of the U.S. population has now been tested and 1% had the uh, coronavirus. Well, that means 1% of the population tested positive for the coronavirus, but 99.99% of the population hasn't been tested and, and never had it and probably won't get it. So, but I, I think the other thing, okay, so that's the one thing is that the test numbers are really uh, skewed because because most people who get this don't get tested. And the second thing is, uh, the numbers are all lower than those ailments that uh, Joe outlined and everything else, because we're doing fire prevention techniques. So, you know, everybody at their home has a smoke detector, and, and we use fireproof substances now, and you make sure your electrical cords are in a box at a junction and so on. Well, then you can't say, well, okay, we shouldn't do that, because most fires happen in the kitchen or something like that. The, the goal is to make your yourself as safe as possible. Our stand down, our sh partial shutdown is working. It's obvious, you know, uh, the governor and the State Department of Health would do them 
themselves better to congratulate us for doing such a fabulous job of flattening this curve rather than, you know, just saying how many people are dead or getting it or, you know, answering questions like, when are we going to reopen? They should say, look what you've done. Look what you've accomplished, because that's what we've done. I mean, we've flattened the curve, especially in rural areas where it wasn't highly prevalent to start with. You know, we have less than 2,000 cases in the central Susquehanna Valley, which is great. We have two, two, 200,000 people if you combine the populations of the four counties. So uh, I, I just, you're right, it, it, you have to have a full discussion. That's why we have on the mark, Mike, so that we can try to get the rest of the story. And that's why we had Congressman Keller on here, because you not only need a full conversation about it, but you need the very latest information. And that's, you know, we certainly rely on him for that. Wow. Well, if I could, if that was very Mark, interesting. You're, you're the guy. Yeah. You're the guy. You're the media guy, Joe. He's politician guy. You're the media <laughs> guy. I want to ask you this: We're, we, you turn on the, you know, this is my, this is the way I see things. I turn on the TV, and all I hear is two things: testing, testing, testing. Not enough testing, and Trump delayed it and killed people. Well, and, and we need to listen to the experts, and the media is the one that's going to tell us everything we need to know. Well, let me let me ask you this. Why wasn't the media? The media has all this information. Why weren't they telling us back in January, we need to uh, start sequestering people. We need to quarantine. We need to do everything. We need to do everything in January that they're telling Trump that he should have did in January. Where, where were these people? All I don't think anybody realized it. I, I don't think, like here in our newsroom. Oh, Morning we, Joe said everybody saw it coming in January and managed to book the one guest who didn't see it coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in any event, uh, like in our newsroom, our search shows that our first COVID-19 story is like the 10 days into March. It's just ridiculously, you know, low time or maybe a little bit before But you that. had the CBS stories and the more and our... Uh, oh, that a lot. Early March was very quiet on this front. Uh, March started out that way. And of course, by the end of March, we were in partial shutdown. So I, I don't know. I guess I would say maybe we didn't see it coming or uh, we didn't realize how big it was. Maybe we believed people like the governor or uh, the president who said, you know, it's, it's not that much to worry about. I mean, you know, we use those, those sound bites here 20 times or so in January and March, uh, February, the president said it was not going to be a big deal. But uh, you know, but at the same time, as you've pointed out, we weren't saying anything much about it in January or February either. Well, the thing is, until you know, thank how, you, Mike. Until you know the until you know the scope of it, you can't possibly take action. You know, you have to have some concept of what it's likely to be. If the China, and I know everybody says, oh, you're xenophobic if you down dare to dispute the Chinese, but it's pretty obvious that the Chinese lied about what they found. It's pretty obvious the World Health Organization didn't push the Chinese to for full disclosure. So or they weren't successful. Our opportunity to act proactively early on, I think, was diminished by the fact that we weren't told the truth. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, we had U.S. Congressman Fred Keller on earlier today. Uh, we'll have State Representative David Rowe of the 85th District on uh, tomorrow. Uh, you want to read when One of our texters says, So it's okay for Nancy to encourage people to visit Chinatown when she didn't know the severity of the situation, and yet when Trump didn't know the severity of the issue, at the same time, the president is wrong. I think the blame game has to stop. Was anyone of authority voicing concern about that time? If China had been up front with us, we would have done more as far as prevention. I right, agree with uh, that. Cindy, you get two minutes, and then Than gets two minutes. Well, I, I know that there were medical experts in January who were poo-pooing how severe this situation was. They were interviewed on television, on talk shows. So um, obviously they were wrong, and they're entitled to be wrong. They're human beings. But to be, and to expect that somebody had some kind of amazing insight that this was going <laughs> to happen, I think, would be silly. Um, I wanted to bring up the issue of the Pennsylvania legislature because they're sitting on $172 million. And you've got to think about this. We're, we have something on the order of a $4 billion shortfall in the budget. And I believe they need to make the cuts they should have made over the last 10 years. Finally, their nose is up against it. Because even if you were to raise taxes, even if you were to raise the income tax, look at all the people that aren't working. You're not going to see an appreciable increase in your revenue because they've laid off half the state. Even if you raised uh, the sales tax, we can't go anywhere to buy anything. So once again, that won't yield revenue. So what they need to do is they need to make the cuts that have long needed to be done. And they need to give back at least half this hoard they're sitting on, the General Assembly. And I'd like to remind my neighbors, remember that we had it up for a, a coming up to being a vote to constitutionally change the number of legislators we have in Pennsylvania 253 253 making a minimum of $90,000 a year each plus all the accoutrements of office and they get a a, a, a daily payment for housing and food because while you have to pay for your own housing and food when you work they apparently don't so it's time right. for us to reduce the legislature Thank you so much, Thank Cindy. You. Really appreciate the call. Than, go right ahead. Hey, how are you this morning, guys? I wanted to explain something that I brought up last week. I said that I think we should keep politics out of this discussion. And then I said, somebody is to blame, and there was. It was our president who, and if you look at the history of the thing, Joe, no matter how you stretch it and how much Fred Keller can keep his eyes shut, Trump knew in January because he was told by the experts that this was coming. That's why I say it's not political, it's the man. And he failed, and he's failing now. Just because he says there are plenty of tests, there aren't. 
there aren't enough tests. And the fact that we're going to go back to work in May or something like that, we have to listen to the science or this is going to get us. I just want to say, let's keep not blaming anybody except the ones that are to blame. It may be China. It may be the WHO. But you got to remember that the person who calls himself a war president said, I'm not responsible for this. The states are. That makes no sense. And Joe, as a historian, I think you know that. No, you're wrong, Than. I don't know that. The oh. states are responsible for their right. own. Every state has its own emergency and pandemic plan. Every state. Wait a minute. You don't know the history of the United States if you're saying that. Yes, they do. But when you go to war against something, which we are doing this with this virus, you don't just say, well, Connecticut, you're going to have to get a battleship, and Pennsylvania, you're going to have to get some troops out there. You take care of it from the top. But unfortunately for us, then, one size does not fit all. And if you knew of the history of the country, you'd know that. Have a good day, though. Hey, I'll see you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stan. Appreciate the call. Thank you, everybody. we got uh, texts and emails still pending, so we'll read those ASAP tomorrow morning. House member David Rose on our show at 830. This is WKOK Sunbird, WKOK News, time 10 a.m.